bueno, como esta? Oh, 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 is my gambo. You guys are the most entertaining sports program in the world. Drop it, bone, drop it, baby. No, no, stop twerking. You and I are a couple eating a like lady in the tramp. <laughs> You're the lady on the tramp. Yeah, come on. Come on, baby. I you wish I one. was Boopy. Boopy McLean, man. That's a great name. All aboard! Oh, yeah, all aboard is right. It's the Mac and Bone Show, President's Day edition of this very esteemed radio program. I'm T-Bone alongside Flounder today. Mac is out. Mac mm. is out coaching soccer. It's uh, not a coincidence that football is done. There's no Hornets. Daytona got removed from us for at least uh, the recap of today. And Mac said, I'm out. I've got to go get my uh, go get my coaching on there. So hopefully uh, they're, they're going to bring home a... Uh, a soccer uh, victory this weekend. Flounder, this will be a first-class operation today without Mac. We're not going to yell. Uh, no singing outbursts. The violence smells. If you have something going on, you step out of the room. Ooh, well, there's where you my lost partner. There's we are going to clean up the whole operation today on 98... Or, uh, 98. 98.7. Oh, boy. <laughs> are we in New York, Bodie? <laughs> okay. Well, that's my Great first... start. My, well, that's E1. That's my first wow. of the day. I got off to a clean start. Base hit. Pitch number two. We well, obviously, oh. we're 92.7 here. There we go. I didn't say mistakes weren't going to happen. I just said the violent smells and the, the outbursts. That goes into the hallway Well, it today. wouldn't be this show without mistakes, Bonnie. I mean... You know, they did uh, hire us at one point. Well, so. uh, that'll be a meeting later on today. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature right now, 34 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte at charlottecomfortsystems.com. Plenty of basketball on the docket. A uh, lot, a lot of hoops action. UNC, Duke, State, uh, Charlotte with a win yesterday. We're going to recap the losses for Wake in South Carolina next segment as well and what those mean in terms of where they are within their seasons. A lot of lot of All Star Game talk today, Flound. A lot of oh, All Star yes. Game from last Lovely. night. Lovely, what a game! It doesn't even seem right. Doesn't seem right. Isn't that a Willie P drop? <laughs> Sounds like a Willie P drop right there. It doesn't even seem right that the final. It doesn't make it right. There it is. The final score. I've never had to say these numbers before. Yeah. The uh, the East wins late. If you fell asleep, two eleven to one eighty six. Two eleven. You have to like reset your mind when you say the two eleven to one eighty six. I mean, are people like actually entertained by this? Like, I, I I don't understand how you watch what we saw last night and say, man, that's that's something I want to tune into. Like, it's just it is so lazy, and I don't understand it. I get the guys because we're we're in this era, they do not want to, you know, exhaust themselves in this game. But, like, at some point, don't you have some sort of pride of trying to win the game? Well, like, they used to. They used to They used to have their moments where it was a showcase for everybody. And I'm, I'm not even talking about, like, the 80s and early. I'm, I'm talking about, like, the Kobe, you know, early 2000s. They, we know it's a showcase. They're going to get out run early. They're going to dunk. They're not going to defend. But there's always a point in the game. I remember Michael Jordan's All-Star game of 2003 when it got competitive out there, man. And they actually started to defend for at least a quarter. They used to go through the motions a little bit of trying to act like they're running some stuff. Now it's just the ball goes through the basket. They throw touchdown passes down the court. Uh, it's unwatchable. And I know that it's not really I'm – I'm a 40-year-old, so it's not necessarily supposed to be my favorite thing. It's for kids. Like when I was growing up, it was kind of for kids. But it used to be played in the afternoons. 
And now if it's for kids and it's a showcase for children, well, then let's not start the game at 8.50 at night either. <laughs> Holiday or not. So if it's for the kids, yeah. the kids aren't watching. The game finished at almost 11, 11.30 last night. So is it ready? Yes. These sound like boomerish takes, but I don't really think they are because you're not a boomer and you came in today talking about what the hell was that? Has the money gotten so big that any risk of an effort with an injury? You talked about Jokic and and uh, Doncic just literally going for a Sunday stroll yesterday. I mean, they there. were literally walking on the court and and were just walking right to the rim. I I could not believe what I was seeing. I'm like, how is there nobody that's saying to themselves, I, I want to play somewhat hard here? I just it's it's such a lame product, man. And I got to be honest, like we've talked about all-star games in general that have just gotten really boring. Yeah. Um, this is worse than the Pro Bowl. <laughs> this is, this is, I, I mean, I don't understand. It's not, it's not anywhere close to the real product. It's really not. Because in the Pro Bowl, so, we know at this point now they're playing flag football. So we know what it is. But I mean, even before. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even before it was still more competitive than this. This is not, this is literally guys just stopping at half court and throwing up. 35 foot shots to see if they go in because it's just all fun. I, I just, why are you wasting everybody's time then? Like to me, if you're the NBA, you got to start getting creative, right? There's got to be some sort of monetary prize for these guys. There's got to be some incentive. Cause right now I, I don't even know why you play the games. Just go there, do the, do the rising star stuff, do the Saturday night and roll out. Well, they tried you know? to do the the drafting stuff that ran its yeah, course. I didn't do much. They tried to make a big deal out of it being uh, conference pride back on the line. Uh, that, that that got even worse. I don't even know. I fell asleep. I don't even know how Carl Anthony Towns ended up with fifty points in the game. Uh, he didn't have that many when I. He didn't have near that much when I was watching the game. I don't know what he did down the stretch. I did like Brian Anderson, who's a really good play by play guy. At the end of the first quarter for Turner. He said, oh, they're making some defensive plays. It was 50-50, man. It was 50-50 at the end of one. He had to try to sell it because Steph Curry blocked Bancaro's shot. So he acted like they were trying to play defense. But it was it was you saw where this was headed. I didn't know it was going to be 200 points. And in the scheme of basketball, uh, it's not a huge deal. You mentioned All-Star Saturday night, which is a, an event that I love because I think the three-point shootout um, always – is one of my favorite events. It always delivers. It's Unless enter- you're Kenny Smith. That was the problem that I had. That was that was a really I, bad I'm moment. not a Kenny Smith hater. Like when he's on inside the NBA or even the NCAA coverage. I don't I don't mind Kenny I t- Smith. I typically love him. I think he's great most times. I, I do. He plays well off Charles. I thought that he was insufferable the other night. He was trying to talk down the three point contest. He was making comments about Ionescu, where she was shooting from. I, I just the dunk contest. I don't get it. It, it. He it was the Kenny Smith show Saturday night. Reggie Miller can kind of be that way at times, but I thought Reggie Miller was just reacting to Kenny Smith what he was doing. Kenny Smith, to me, you talk about the dunk contest. It's it is what it is. Right. It's going to have moments where it's great, moments where it's not. Kenny Smith to me might be the biggest issue that we have right now with the dunk contest. That was just annoying. I, I don't know what happened. People were speculating that maybe he was drinking or something like that. <laughs> no, I have no I, idea. That wasn't the guy that we're normally used to. And I mean, it, it was all capped off. The the Ionescu stuff was one of the weirdest arguments I've ever heard. Yeah. Like I don't understand. You said, well, she should have shot of Jay from- Williams' comments about Caitlin Clark earlier in the day about not yeah, being Yeah, and I mean, look, look, Jay Williams like I, I don't know. That one to me it's it's like 
it it's not a huge deal. It's not him looking down on a sport or the player in general. It's just he measures it by titles where other people are looking at her and saying, well, yeah. there's somebody that's scoring like her. So titles, regardless, she's one of the greatest, if not the greatest women's college basketball player with Ionescu. That was just odd. Like she, so, so you want her to shoot from the women's line where she'll probably make more shots. So she would have beat Steph. I don't like what, I don't understand what the argument was there. Who cares if she's shooting with a women's ball from the men's line? Like, was he afraid that if, she actually won the contest. People would say that, oh, this show's NBA player. Like, I don't understand why he was so mad about that moment. No, it was God. just a series of things the other night where it's like, all right, Kenny, enough. I think he missed the I think he missed the meaning of that. It, it was a big inclusion moment for Steph Curry and, and Sabrina to have that moment. And there there we talked about children watching the All-Star game. There are girls watching out there. Yeah. That, that idolized the Caitlin Clarks, the Ionescu's. They idolized them. And I think the point of this was that the women can do in the game of basketball, shooting-wise in that moment, what the men can do. That was the whole point. It was going to be even. They were going to do the same thing. It wasn't like, I'm going to shoot from my line with my – no, there was supposed to be like a competition, you versus me. I'm going to show you that I can do whatever you do as the greatest shooter of all time. Instead, I think that Kenny Smith missed the missed the point of why they were doing that. I, I just, to me, like, it's an all-star game event. It, it's, why are you getting that mad about that? I mean, because he was, he was legitimately angry about this. If you listen to the audio, and we'll, we'll I'll play it later. Yeah, I'll yeah. play it in conclusions. He, he's legitimately angry about the fact that she was shooting with a women's ball or she wasn't shooting from the yeah, women's it was, ball. it was weird. I, I was just like, that's what we're really getting fired up about? Like, maybe you should really take to task... The fact that the dunk contest at this point really is just a complete joke. Like Jalen Brown receiving the scores that he received. Aye, that was Are weird. we kidding? Was Why so did he weird. do What, because he's a Celtic? I don't know. Like, I don't was, understand that. So uh, maybe weird. you should put your night. efforts towards the dunk contest and getting that better, trying to get bigger stars in that event moving forward instead of worried about this where you went on your soapbox for like two. It was like two or three minutes, by the way, where he's losing it about this. I it's know. like, come on, man. Send in your all-star game reactions from the NBA weekend, 704-570-9610. That is the fan duel text line. That's right. Welcome Fan duel to the family with the text line sponsorship, 704-570-9610. Flown, we mentioned NASCAR. We kind of knew going into the weekend uh, what was probably going to happen. Mm -hmm. We get some Monday racing today, the Xfinity race at 11, uh, the cup race, uh, I believe it's at 4. I guess that might be when the coverage starts. I don't know when the exact the flag drops for it. But I, I had the reaction that many on Twitter had, Flound. If you are into the uh, the sites, um, like FanDuel or Underdog Fantasy, uh, you might want to go put a fantasy play or whatever you're going to do on Denny. Uh, excuse me, on Martin Truex. Oh. It is a Martin Monday. Uh, he is unbelievable on Mondays. I would not be shocked when we recap tomorrow the race when Mac is back if uh, Monday Truex Jr. shows up again. Yeah, I mean, look, this has not typically been one of his tracks. He's a solid plate racer, but not great. But you're right. His, I mean, his record on Mondays for wins is insane. So, I mean, he definitely, I think, has a good shot. But I think it's, you know, really all the guys that we thought are going to be up near the top are probably going to be there. Um, I think, you know, it helps. If, if you're going with Martin Truex Jr., it helps you that his teammate, 
we expect him to run incredibly well. I think you'll see him and Denny Hamlin together. But yeah, Denny's probably the guy that I think most people feel confident about going in. Um, but I'm still sticking with my pick, man. I think Michael McDowell's got a hell of a chance to win his second. I, I thought he had Good a call. great week down there last week, um, and I hope he's able to build off of that momentum. And uh, Denny, you know, speaking of Michael McDowell and Denny, Denny had to apologize to him for uh, making that move in the dual race. He said if he would have made that in of the, the First apology race, of, the, of the year. Yeah, I didn't get it. He said, oh, I had to make that move because I knew he had to conserve his car. So it's like, okay, so you you nearly wrecked the guy and took him out of the second place position to start the race so you could not even win the dual race? Okay, that makes perfect sense. Great move, Denny. Uh, I will be. I don't mind a. Uh, I don't mind a little Monday race in action. It's not the worst thing in the world. I well, you got the double header too, Bone. Yeah. You got the Xfinity series followed by the 500. I'll be sitting there, get a little, uh, little nap in, get my popcorn ready, and I'll be sitting there. I picked any Hamlin to win this race, but I'll be watching my favorite driver, Flounder, who is. Um, who did I pick on Friday? Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. I'll be sitting there watching my guy Kyle Busch, who I've been a fan of now for a solid. Uh, you know, three days or so. So that, that long-term bond, hopefully it comes through today. Yeah. I'm still not happy about this. I'm still fired up because you should have had one of the other drive. You could have been Rick. You could have been rooting for Ricky Stenhouse today. Yeah. I got to tell you once Mac went into the trash can and started pulling stuff out, I knew we were in some trouble here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we should, we should know that's, that's typical Mac behavior. It is flounder and bone here on the Mac and bone show. Again, Mac is out coaching a youth soccer tournament this weekend, all the way in Kernersville, North Carolina, so he's like an hour and 20 minutes away. He will be back tomorrow when we come back. First of all, this segment is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. On the way back, plenty of college basketball recap the wins for some local teams and the losses. The bracket reveal happened as well, and We say goodbye to a coaching legend with deep ties to the area on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Welcome back into the Mac and Bone Show here on this President's Monday. Um, How do we score that first segment, Flounder? I set the rules, the tone. We're gonna class it up. How how quickly did a uh, did a mistake come in there? Well, Bob? yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the wrong station ID, so I think we're gonna have to give you probably a six <laughs> out of ten there. So yeah, you know what? Not bad. That's uh what uh, covered well, but six, yeah, sixty percent. If I was a baseball player, that'd be one of the best ever. If you think about it. Hey, look, they don't they don't put me in here to not make mistakes. They know what they're doing. When when Mac is out and we say, "Are you sure about this?" and they say yes, they know what they're signing up for here. This is this this could be a a mistake a minute. Uh, a mistake a minute. <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be a record pace. That'd be a Mac like pace. This could be a, oh, a, a mistake. Man. A mistake a segment here. Yeah, it's it's very possible. It's very we, possible with us. On a serious note here, before we get into the college basketball results of the weekend, some sad news broke on Saturday when we found out at 92 years old, iconic college basketball coach Lefty Drizel, um passed away. The only coach to to what we see. I know the other day they they said there there was two, but I do believe he's the only coach. He was at least the first to win a hundred games at four different schools. He had the great run at Maryland. He was the Davidson coach from 1960 to 1969. After playing at Duke, I don't think it gets mentioned enough that he was a Duke center uh, back in the 1950s. Goes on 
to coach Maryland for 17 years, led James Madison to the tournament in 1993, and Georgia State uh, at the end in the early 2000s. So played at Duke, coached at Davidson, had the great run at Maryland, and did some really, really good things at James Madison, Georgia State. One of the great characters of the game. He's been gone now from coaching for 21 years, so he probably hasn't been talked about enough of the impact that he had, but certainly it was sad. A guy we had on the show uh, a few times there when I first started, but uh, thoughts and prayers to the family of Lefty Drizel. I know, Flounder, you uh, never saw him coaching, per se, no. but a name that you're familiar with, though, in the coaching circle. Oh, of course. One of the all-time greats uh, in the ACC. I mean, Maryland probably, uh, you know, right up there with Gary Williams and uh, I mean, there were times, if, if, if they had an expanded tournament back in the day, then he would have had even more success than he had in his time at Maryland. Um, but, I mean, the, the only coach, as you mentioned, to win, that we can find, to win 100 games at four different schools, that's, that's a monumental accomplishment. And, I mean, you look at the schools that he did it at. I mean, Davidson... He's probably, you know, second best coach to ever coach there behind Bob McKillop. And McKillop had some great words with Queen City News yesterday about the legacy of uh, of Lefty. And and the thing is, is like, yeah, I mean, he stacks up so well at every school that he's coached at. But you're right. The personality was always the thing. I mean, you know, he, the biggest reason why he ended up leaving Davidson was because he didn't get Charlie Scott. Dean Smith beat him out for Charlie Scott. And uh, later on, after Charlie Scott had to wait to get into the College Basketball Hall of Fame, he told them, well, if you played for me, you would have been in earlier. So he was definitely one of those characters that everybody loved. Um, He was, you know, tough-nosed coach, though. And, uh, I I mean, the success, the track record is there for him. And, uh, yeah, 92 years of age, uh, that's definitely... You know, up there, so good for Lefty, but, uh, you know, praying for his family and everything. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of the context of why we had him on when we did. I, maybe it was ACC Tournament Legends. I think it might have been an ACC Tournament Legends week or something like that, talking about 2007, eight range. And I do remember uh, he was one of these guys. John Thompson very much that way, too, when you call John Thompson like you. Like, my voice would just be like, I almost sound like a Scooby-Doo character or Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Lefty was also an intimidating guy that you didn't really want to say too many words when you called him because um, it might not always go well for a radio producer. I do remember we called him, and he said, uh, I'll do the damn thing, but I'm doing it from my boat. So I said, all right, sounds okay. good. I didn't really think it through. All right, sounds good, sir. I just wanted to get Lefty on the show. And I remember he came on, and all you heard was like the the wind of the boat. And that's when I learned that uh, you probably should, you know, schedule another time. You don't want to put people on while they're uh, sailing around. That yeah, was not, I the, not the best, uh, not the best for audio quality. Inducted but- into the Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame in 2018, College Basketball Hall of Fame. Somebody points out, Randy in Orlando points out, and they brought this up the other day. He uh, came up with Midnight Madness oh, at Maryland. Good, He's credited you, with coming up with that. Thank so you, Randy. Yes. That's a tradition that a lot of schools still do to this day. So, yeah, he definitely a guy that was a uh, pioneer in that sense in the world of college basketball. As far as this weekend goes, we're going to start with uh, the local action from yesterday. Charlotte beats Wichita State 72 to 61 to move to 17 and 8 overall, 11 and 2 in, in uh, the American Conference. For context of that, they started 6 and 7, 
and now they are 17 and 8. And we kind of know that their path has to go through uh, the American tournament flound. But that's a, that was a typical Charlotte win that we've seen over the last, really, six or seven weeks. Wichita State kind of hung around, pushed them a little bit. It was in that four, five, six range. But Charlotte just continues to find ways to win basketball games. What an impressive job by Aaron Fern. They now have uh, Memphis on the road this week, although that matchup looks a lot different say, than it did a month ago. This is all setting up for a massive, massive, massive game at Halton. Saturday, March 2nd at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I believe the time is, South Florida, who's leading the conference, comes to town. If we thought that ECU environment was something, if we thought those campouts were fun and it brought back that feeling of what it was like when Bobby Lutz was there, I can't imagine with this game coming up soon what Halton will be like when the best team in the conference, as we sit here today, comes in in a couple weeks. Well, yeah, and the thing is, you look back at the first matchup between the two, and Charlotte had them on the ropes. They were up by 17, and then all of a sudden, this this guy named Selton Miguel comes out of nowhere, and you know, right, the, South Florida races back and finds a way to win it. And you know, look, yesterday, you know, they had a chance. It looked like for a little bit there towards the end of the game uh, that South Florida was playing against Florida Atlantic that. Uh, Charlotte could be tied atop the conference standings, but South Florida holds on in that one. But yeah, that's that's going to be huge. And I thought yesterday, I mean, look, it wasn't the most impressive win that you're going to see from Charlotte. But that's a lot of. That, I mean, that that's a that's a lot of. That's how they win, right? Right. I mean, it's just sort of yeah. But the thing was, right when you were watching them, they didn't blow this team out, but you never really felt like they were going to lose the game. They always were in a comfortable spot in this game, and I think at this point, that's that's really all you can ask for. If you're a Charlotte 49ers fan, is that this team can can find ways to beat the teams that they need to? I, do I think that they, you know, are on the same level as South Florida right now? Probably not. South Florida, I think, is one of those teams that's not being talked about enough in the world of college basketball. Like that's that's a great job. Abdurrahim, Amir Abdurrahim, who came from Kennesaw State, led a, them to the tournament. Did last a great year. job last year. I think he may have. I think he possibly coached our guy, Big Drew, here, and maybe the play to Kennesaw. I think State. that's, yeah, I think that I think was. so. I think that maybe was before, it. but yeah, no, he's the, he, I don't know if he's going to go on to another job from this one, but when you talk about two of the best jobs in the country, they're happening right now in the American with Abdul Rahim and Aaron Fern. Aaron Fern will also uh, join the Mac and Bone show uh, again at some point this week. Let's go through the local action from Saturday. Wake Forest loses at Virginia 49 47. Wake was knocking on the door this week, trying to get those big wins. They they pushed Duke at Cameron on Monday. They got stuck in a Virginia-style game on Saturday where the style won out. They were they were close, but man, they they've got to they've got to kick that door in to get a big win. Maybe it's this week. This is this is the biggest week of the season, I think, for Wake basketball. They've been on the bubble. This week will determine what side I think they may end up on. They've got Pittsburgh. At home, they've got Duke at home. And Pittsburgh, all of a sudden, is becoming a big game for teams in this conference. Fonder, your reaction to the Wake loss to Virginia and sort of where the uh, the Deeks uh, sit this week in the, the pecking order of all this? You're right. They, I mean, these two weeks were pretty key for them. And, I mean, they played Duke tough. They played Virginia tough. But they couldn't find ways to get wins. 
Uh, the the one on Saturday has to just really rip your heart out if you're a Wake fan because the game, I mean, they were trying to give you that game. Virginia made one free throw the entire day. They were one for 10 at the foul line, and you still couldn't find a way to win it. Now, look, credit to Virginia's defense. They have gotten back to being the Tony Bennett-type defense that we've seen for years now, but, I mean, down the stretch, you know, Wake just can't find a way to claw this one out. Thought it was, you know, not a tough shot at the end by Hildreth. I yeah. got to be honest. Why is that ball not in Hunter Salas's hands? Well, I, Steve, I just Steve don't Forbes get it. said as much. He ripped the the play and said, "Why does he have the basketball?" I, I, I didn't understand. Yeah. I mean, that's such a tough shot. I mean, I know there was you know, me and Fitty were watching the game, and he said, "I don't understand why he didn't drive it to the basket." Well, first of all, I got cut off. But yeah, Salas. I, I to me, that's the guy you got to put the ball in the hands of and just live with whatever happens. From him, but they had him inbound the ball. That made absolutely no sense because then he is behind the play trying to come up the court when you're trying to rush. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this this is their week. You're right, Bone. They got to get one of these two, you'd figure. And then I feel like they have to get one of these two and to feel really good, they have to get Clemson at the end of the regular season. That Those are the games that are important for them. And look, they get all three of those games at home. If you go two and one, I think you make the tournament. But it's about it's about finally winning the right games. Steve Forbes has said this for the last two years. We've won, but we haven't run the right games. Well, now's the time for you to step up and do that. And if you get one of these this week, don't don't have a moment down the stretch where you cough one up that you're supposed to win. Well, the either. other thing that you got to watch for them is the ACC tournament. Remember a few a, a few years ago they were expected to be in. They lose in the first round or the first game that they play in the ACC tournament, and that keeps them out of the field. So that's the thing, man. That they even if they pick up a win in one of these games this week, they still have to avoid some of these pitfalls that are on the schedule. And for context of how big that Pittsburgh game is this week in Winston, Wake's net right now is 40. Pittsburgh is climbing, man, in the net. <laughs> Keep on winning. Pittsburgh is now 47. I don't, I don't, we'll see this week when the bracketology gets updated. I have not seen them listed on the bubble. I don't but, even see them as cons- at one of the considered. So we're not talking about first four out, next four out. Even the considered group, I have not seen their name pop up. I don't get they've it. They've won at State. They've won at Duke. They've won at Virginia. It they makes go, no sense, They man. go win at Wake. I, Pittsburgh, to me, they're, to me, that's a team. I, they they could do some serious damage yes. in, in, in D.C. in the tournament. Oh, for sure. Uh, as we continue to talk college hoops here on the Mac and Bone Show, send in your fan duel text, 704 570 9610 of the WFNZ text line. South Carolina off the 40 point loss to Auburn, which not what you want. Uh, going to Auburn, although they no, lost to Kentucky quite. this weekend. How did they follow it up? The Gamecocks blow a 16 point lead late against a very below average LSU team. So you could, you could argue it's a worse result. I gotta be honest. I, I could not believe the, the and, and the mistakes that they were making down the stretch. Here's to my, give LSU yeah, they, a chance. They oh, had it. They God. had it right there. They were hitting threes late. LSU countered. My concern about the Gamecocks is this: while they're still a great story, Lamont Paris still needs all the credit in the world for yes, what they're doing. Definitely. My concern is their rise up was very fast, deservedly so. I mean, they knocked off Kentucky at home. They beat Tennessee at home. They they went from sort of like, oh, look at the Gamecocks, to you know, a top three seed, four seed, number eight in the country per John Fanta. They went from not ranked to top 10 in some people's polls very fast. 
And in hindsight now, I wonder, all right, are they going to regress a little bit back to the mean here? They're still going to be very dangerous. But that loss on Saturday was what I talked about a couple weeks ago. It's one thing when you beat the big dogs or you lose to the big dogs like Auburn, but you got to avoid the the Vanderbilts and the LSUs and the Missouris. You can't cough those games up if you want to be the best team in the SEC. By the way, speaking of Vanderbilt, Jerry Stackhouse fired yesterday as the coach of the conference. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah, you knew that was coming, man. They got blown the hell out by Tennessee over the weekend. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to South Carolina, it's you're right. I think it's it was too much too quick for this team. And I think the realization Wait that a minute. they did were... Jerry, did Jerry not get fired? Did I fall for a fake tweet? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think oh, he got no. fired. Did he, I, I, did I, I okay. fall for a fake tweet? Oh, oh boy. No, no. Oh, my God. What a start to this show. All right, write that down right there. All right. All right. All right. So, so wrong. What did wrong I see? I'm pretty good about this. Identification. Did he not? We need mm. to. Did something. Oh, my God. I and apologize. now this. Oh. Well, what I meant to say was, would it shock you if something happens to Jerry Stackhouse? No, of course it wouldn't. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, South Carolina, it's just. This takes them probably out of the SEC regular season title. Yeah, nine and four, chase. nine and four now, and that that does not two, have two games back in the loss column from Alabama. So I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to win. But this is this is the thing that sucks, right? Is that you look at the four seeds that were put out the other day by the tournament committee. South Carolina, you'd believe, was probably a five or six seed. It felt like there was an opportunity for them. Yeah. If they continued, but and, and and the thing is, is look, the, like I said, the loss at Auburn doesn't really kill you. I get it. You lost by 40. And some of the concerns that I've seen be brought up is you've lost by 40 and 27 to the top two teams in the AC in the sec, arguably. Um, but Auburn's a tough place to go and win this one. You were at home. This wasn't even a road game. And now you got to go on the road to Ole Miss. Who's a desperate team. They really need to pick up some sort of big win because yeah, they started the year. Great. They were undefeated in non-conference play. They didn't play nobody. So they need something. Texas A&M's a team that's probably doesn't feel like they're securely locked in. So, I mean, you're playing two desperate teams this week. It'd be interesting yeah. to see how they respond. Speaking of desperate teams, NC State, a massive win, 78-77 at Littlejohn Coliseum on Saturday night. A CW special, DJ Horn, 27 points. Massive shots down the stretch, including the game winner. Flounder, I don't know what that does for... It doesn't hurt, of course. Right. I don't know what that does for their, their tournament chances, per se. They didn't really have a whole lot of net movement. They're up to 75, but that felt like that was bigger than a, just a season win for NC State. It kind of seems like the seat might be getting, the tushy might be getting a little hot for Kevin Keats. Yes. That felt like that was a, hey, I'm still doing some work here. Get me off the hot seat type win as much as it was for what we'll talk about the state angle, then the Clemson angle, but that felt like a massive win for Keats in the program as much as it was for what it means for the season. Oh, it was huge. I mean, for Keats, that's that's one you got to have. You had to get something here because, yeah, it could have. There, there was potential for this to get pretty ugly. I mean, I know they've got Syracuse coming up at home, Boston College at home. So those are chances to win games there. But, I mean, yeah, the, the talk, there is starting to be buzz that it's time to potentially look elsewhere. Because, yeah, if this continues the way that it's been going, I, you would expect they're going to miss their fifth tournament in Kevin Keats's yeah. seven years. Now, I will say this. Their resume is interesting because they do not have a quad four or quad three loss. So they've taken care of those quads. So there's not terrible losses. 
They finally have a quad one win. They're three and three in quad two, which is eh, not great, but it's not terrible. They have three straight quad one games to close out the season. If they can get one of those and then maybe make some noise in the ACC tournament, they got to take care of the three games before. Like to me, they got to win three in a row here, or it would be four in a row because they got to beat Syracuse. I think they got to beat Boston College, and they probably got to go on the road to Florida State. If they do that and they get one of those quad ones, then you can probably start having a conversation about them being in the tournament. Uh, not a good loss for Clemson, although their net ranking yesterday was 28. Now they're 27. Yeah, so I'm not I really just, sure what I'm understand. not really sure what's going on here. But that is the type of loss that worries you about a Brad Brunell coach team when it comes to March. You know they can beat any of these teams, but Clemson. You know, they can also they can also lose Duke wins on Saturday at the same time as North Carolina. 76-67. Jared McCain. Jared man. McCain Ooh. had an historic performance, ties the Duke freshman scoring record, nearly set the Duke uh, three point record in the game. He has become I said it last week. He has become their best player. He's better than Filipowski is. Yes. Filipowski has his moments, but he's got too much you know, he's been good but not great. Jeremy Roach, I think, down the stretch of games can be their best guy, might be their most important guy when it comes to closing out ball games. But Jared McCain has become um, their their star player, really, especially in the last month or so. He went off. Duke is now 15-2 and two in their last 17 games. They've only got one full roster loss in that time. Because remember, Pittsburgh, which, by the way, again, it doesn't look as bad as it did then. Right. Duke's only full roster loss since the beginning of December was the UNC game. Oh, because, and I don't think it feels that way because it's kind of like the other day where in the game you didn't feel like Duke was going to lose, but they didn't drop the hammer down like you thought during the game. A win's a win on the road. That's what's most important in this league. There were moments there where you thought Duke was going to run away with this thing. Florida State would chip away, chip away. Duke would put. They were never in danger, and that's been a lot of those 15 of 17 games. They're, they're escaping danger a lot, and... I don't really know what to feel as we approach March. This could go either direction, I think, for the Blue Devils. As far as the heels go, before we go to break, Flounder, kind of a similar similar thing, right, where you never felt the heels were in danger, but you kept waiting for them to just drop the hammer down, extend the lead out, and put it away. They eventually went by 15, but Virginia Tech would get down, they'd get back, get down, right. get back. Kind of a similar game at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely not the the, the cleanest game that you're going to see from them. Uh, people still angry about the way that they played at times on the defensive end of the floor. I think foul trouble was a big part of that game because Armando picks up his third early in the second yeah. half, kind of changes the way that he defends, so they just started driving the lane, and that's where they scored a lot of their points. But I thought they did a great job. Second half, they only allow one made three, which is what Virginia Tech kind of hangs their hat on. And I thought uh, offensively, that looked a lot more like the Carolina we've seen, attacking the basket, finishing inside, and they finally found Baycott more consistently. So I feel pretty good. They needed that win to sort of get themselves, you know, a little bit more confidence underneath them. And now with, uh, you know, a good amount of home games down the stretch here, hopefully they're able to build off of it. One thing to keep your eye on, Cadeau had five turnovers again, and he had five against Miami. They have the week off until Virginia. He can't turn the ball over like that against Virginia. Oh, such a no. low possession game. But Every Seth possession. Trimble, Seth Trimble came in, picked him, picked up he nicely. Did. He had four assists off the bench, four points. But you're right, man. Cadeau's got to be able to take care of the ball. He's been a little sloppy here. 
during uh, really since that Georgia Tech game. Because we know if you turn the ball over, you get down four to six against Virginia. You got to double 20. that. It feels like you're down by 18. Although Virginia is is definitely better than we thought, but I don't think they're an insurmountable foe. Maybe like they were right a couple years ago. We come back. It's sounds of the weekend here on the Mac and Bone Show, sponsored by Progressive Insurance on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Oh, yeah, it's the Mac and Bone Show. Welcome back in again. Mac out this morning. He uh, apparently a big President's Day fan and decided uh, he could not work today. Now, he's at a what? He, he's at a soccer tournament. No word on how they're doing. Do we do we have any update on the? No, the we do not have any update. We have we have many questions about this one. This is apparently their first. So the, I, I guess beforehand. I don't know what type of league they played in, but this is now club soccer. So apparently this is a step up. The man has won too many championships yeah. where they've made him uh, ascend. He's now to, traveling on the road to, to big cities like Kernersville, North Carolina. And he may not have one of his better players. His son was sick oh, over the weekend, no. so he was very concerned about this. So, yeah, we kind of need an update here at some point. I'm going to go out on a limb, though, and say he's probably not listening to the show. This morning, so I don't know how. We're, we may have to text him later in the show and see how Mackie Lasso's doing out there. Mackie Lasso, do we? Do we? It's a good. That's a good one. Do we know what kind of coach Mac is? Is he? Is he like a get in your face disciplinarian, well, gonna, or is he a way back guy? I need I'm going to assume more. that he's a loud coach. Okay. Yeah, I think that guy's probably pretty loud, but uh, I think he is very positive. Do you remember last year when he got mad at a player because? At practice, the kid went and got a funnel cake and he was eating it on the sidelines. Yeah, apparently there's a concession stand there and this kid does this multiple times. He will go and get like pretzels and funnel cakes and just sit on the bench and eat. So <laughs> is Mac upset at the the eating on the sidelines or is he is he wanting to know where that actually He's came? upset that the kid didn't get him some. That's uh, what it is. All right. We're gonna do sounds of the weekend here. Plenty of uh Coaches talking and analysts talking this weekend. Flatter, what's up first here for Sounds of the Weekend? Well, yeah, that, all that's fine. But, hey, hey, we got to hear. We haven't talked about him yet, but Brandon Miller oh, was yeah. a part of the Rising Stars Challenge the other night. And as a part of that, they do have a, some media availability afterwards. And he was asked about, uh, you know, the hot start in Charlotte for the new crew that is here. And he also offered up some goals that he oh. has for himself and the franchise. I know for sure we left off on a great note. Um, you know, we're just going to keep building off those three wins um, and just, you know, hopefully bring, you know, a great culture and great atmosphere to Charlotte. Now, I think my, my main goal is to win. Um, win with Charlotte. Um, just win the playoffs, you know. And, uh, you know, like I said, bring back the – bring bring some uh, – a great atmosphere to Spectrum Center. I uh, wish we could have saw him more in the Rising Stars, the new format yes. there with multiple teams. You, Which I hated. Yeah, you get a little bit of the guys, and if you lose, he played, what, like eight minutes, nine, whatever it was. And it just, yeah, it didn't you make don't any really, sense. You know, you don't want him to, to wear himself out, but in, I used to like the old format yes. where I used to see the guys for a long period of time. I do not enjoy uh, this sort of confusing format they have, and uh, Wemby out there was not exactly uh, was not exactly looking Brandon Miller's way from what I saw. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't great. You would have loved to see a little bit more from him. Uh, the thing that I took away from that, though, is we continue to hear this from these guys since the new group came in. We heard it from Grant Williams the other day, one of the new guys. 
they talk so much about bringing back the environment to the hive. And that's that's what I think the main focus is. And before, you just didn't really hear that, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there were guys that were talking about that. But it's there's a new energy there. There's a focus to try to make this an entertaining product, to bring the fans back. I, if you're a Hornets fan, that should excite you, that it feels like this is a group of guys now because of some of the guys that they've brought in that are from Charlotte. There's a little more pride for this group moving forward, it feels like. Yeah, there's pride, and you got to think about like guys like Brandon Miller, Grant Williams. Think about all the winning that they've done in their lives. Mm-hmm. Think about Brandon Miller, Bama last year. Look how good they were until they got beat by San Diego State. They, he's not lost a lot. Think about where Grant Williams came from. They didn't. He came from Boston, who's always in the mix for a championship. So there's a pride there, but there's also a, yeah, we we we're not going to sit here and get beat by thirty every night. Not not those two, and then hopefully the other guys around them that uh, rubs off on them as well. Yes, and uh, one of the other more polarizing comments of the weekend. We talked a little bit about Kenny Smith. We'll hear from him again later, but. How about Jay Williams' comments Uh-oh. on College Game Day? This got people really fired up. He was asked about Caitlin Clark and her overtaking the all-time points in the women's game. There was a debate as to where she ranks amongst the greats. And uh, Jay Williams, he, he doesn't think she is great just yet? I think she is the Stephen Curry of women's college basketball. Okay, I so think she has changed great. the dynamics of the way the game is played. I think the way she plays, the pizzazz, is that she's probably the most prolific scorer the game of basketball has ever seen. Unmatched. I am, I am unwilling, and maybe it's more the, the Kobe mentorship around me, to say that she is great yet. I think she is the most what? prolific scorer the game has ever seen. I hold great or the levels of immortality or the pantheon to when you win championships. I'm just, that's just me. So Diane Taurasi, when you win three consecutive championships, two-time national player of the year, it has to it has to culminate with the chip. It has to. I mean, Brianna Stewart, if we're talking about GOAT legends of the game, she's won four chips. Four chips, multiple national players of the year. So I'm not saying that she's not at a high, high, high level, but for it to go to the states of immortality, in my opinion, it has to culminate with your team winning a championship. Have we ever seen a women's basketball player have the impact that Caitlin Clark has where eyeballs, even those that don't even watch the women's game now know all about her. And here's where Jay will messes up. If you wanted to say that she's not the greatest of all time because she doesn't have those. Well, then maybe there's an argument there to say she's not great. The way he worded it is just so misguided. It's one of the worst takes I've heard in a long time because the graphic popped up yesterday. Do we know that she's also top five in career assists also? Like she, she's going to, it's not yes. just the points, it's the passing. And she still has one more year to go if she wants. Yeah, to. very complete player all around. I, it's, it's, just, just, it's just absurd. So, so my thing is, so, so Dan Marino's not an all-time great, right? Because well, he didn't win championship. Like, well, what kind of... Barkley, Stockton, Malone. Like, those guys aren't great. There's that, just, a bunch of, that, that makes no sense. Like, you're, what you're saying is right. If the argument was, is she the greatest women's college basketball player ever? You could have the argument that, hey, winning championships yeah. is has to be taken into account. But you list off all these great accomplishments. You say she's the greatest scorer in the game. Steph Curry. That you've seen at the women's level, yet... She's not a great player. That that just that just did not. I, I don't understand. It made no sense to me. Um, and, and honestly, I don't know if he 
it's one of those things, right, where maybe you phrased it wrong when you were saying it, but once you you said it a certain way, you had to kind of stick with it because I I just don't understand how you you think she's not a great player. It's and if wild. It, but what, what's even like if she had a championship, that's that's fine, and maybe she'll get one. But you have to think about the global impact that she has. That goes Thir- thirty of thirty two games so far this year. She has sold out the arenas that she's been to. The and global impact far outweighs. They're going to remember her for the impact. Yes, it is a Steph Curry like impact. Because guess what. Steph Curry has people in their driveways, young kids in their driveways, trying to be him. We see how he's changed the game. Do we know how many young girls are in the driveway? It may may not be good in the long term for their game, but throwing up 40-footers that want to be her, the impact to me goes far beyond championships. That would add to the resume, but her global impact is really, I think, in basketball going to be unmatched. She's changing the game. Definitely. And she's going to be the biggest star in March. I'm talking about the men's. She will be the biggest, most talked about star in March Madness. And we're saying that here on Tobacco Road. All right, that's Flounder with Sounds of the Week. Inclusions on some sounds as well involving Kenny Smith. When we come back, could one of the best wide receivers in the game be had in a trade? And what would the Panthers have to do to acquire this man? Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Recently on the Kyle Bailey Show. I personally, and maybe I'm just big on seniority, the time you've put in, you know, longevity. When you combine greatness with longevity, which is what Brady did, I can't pull you off the pedestal just because there's a guy off to an incredible start and looks like he's trending toward catching you at some point. There's no guarantee that he does. The Kyle Bailey Show, weekday afternoons from 3 to 6, only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Remember when you were younger, you'd get off work and you'd still have the energy to go out with your friends, stay up late, and still get up early the next morning. But nowadays, you get home, you go into zombie mode. Well, did you know that low energy might be hormone-related? Testo Revive can help you recapture that youthful energy that you used to have, and man, how great would that be? Get this number, write it down, 704-828-LOW-T. Jeff Rickard here. And as we men get a little bit older, our bodies stop producing as much testosterone. But Testo Revive by QC Kinetics can restore your natural pattern of testosterone. Find out how by calling 704-828-LOW-T. You're going to get a free consultation and lab test when you meet with a specialist. And these are America's leading professionals in regenerative medical treatments. You really should make the call and find out how Testo Revive can help you recapture your younger, energy-filled self. 704-828-LOW-T. Feel like you again. No more zombie mode. Call 704-828-LOW-T. 